Till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. One more day till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Hello, everyone. It doesn't sound like it, but welcome, welcome back to the Monday Lorians or the, or the Haddonfield Boys, as this is going to be called. <laughs> this might be the worst name. Please start a podcast called the Haddonfield Boys. <laughs> that sounds like a, a mystery series set in the Halloween years. Yeah. But as you might have guessed, or maybe not, if you don't know the series at all, we're taking. A very specific yeah, film. Yeah, we're taking a little break from Star Wars. We're going to talk for the season about uh, a kind of fave of mine now, the Halloween series. Which um, I, I was trying to make a list of very convoluted ways to tie it to Star Wars. Uh, they both start in the 70s. They both have a very big masked man who breathes very loudly and kills people. As the series goes along, mm-hmm. uh, secrets and twists about who's related to who become apparent. Very true. There's yeah. um, iconic, iconic theme, theme song. Very yeah. comfortable. Uh, some baffling entries and weird retcons as we go along. Uh, several, yeah. well, some characters who've died have just come back with little or no explanation. And um, and it, as Voic keeps saying it's going to end, it never does. I'd also say both have had like recent trilogies that have a, a middle entry that was somewhat divisive and a final entry that people found. That out, is true. But this seems like we won't talk about it too much, but the newest one now is the one getting petitions to be remade. So I think that has become maybe the more divisive one. Have oh, that's been that? a thing, yeah. People are demanding are there petitions Halloween, Halloween ends ends? to be reshot because that's how movies oh are made. <laughs> but we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. So Richard, what is your history with the Halloween series? Let me think. Um, also, just to say, I feel like you probably could have worked Monday Lorians into the Silver Shamrock. Monday to Halloween. Wording. Monday I don't know if like, does it have the same amount of syllables. Kind of. Yeah. It's a banger, though. I don't want to mess with a banger. <laughs> no, that's true. Can't, can't be the classic. Um, so I think the first one I saw was Halloween because I know I was vaguely aware of the movies because my uncle quite liked them and would dress up as Michael Myers at Halloween sometimes try and frighten us children and he was sick of you having no context (laughs) exactly (laughs) you're not getting it you're not being frightened enough Uh, I think either the the sun or the star had like a free DVD one Halloween and it was Halloween 4 I don't know why specifically Halloween 4 and not any of the other ones but anyway so I just watched it and quite liked it and then I found Halloween 2 quite cheap in the golden discs but then at that point I was like no no I must commit to this I'll buy Halloween 1 and watch them in order and then just over the course of my teenage years slowly acquired them all on DVD like one a year almost and watched them all and then by the end of that I was pretty into them and then I just dropped off them didn't see the Rob Zombie ones in cinemas um Eventually watched them and didn't really like them, but I've come around them and then was crazy hyped for 2018 because I love Jamie Lee Curtis, I love Michael Myers, and adore 2018. Um, Let's not get too much into what we think of them just because we're going to be doing our ranking. No, bump back and forth on a lot and then 
Halloween Ends, I was weirdly unhyped for, just because I think it had been so long since, because the COVID delays and stuff. And also the trailers gave nothing away, which I now understand why. Um, and then, yeah, even this last week, having seen Halloween Ends, I came out a bit baffled and confused and discussed it with a friend of mine for two straight hours in the pub afterwards and thought I didn't like it or maybe did like it, but wasn't sure. And then talking to you yesterday, I when you asked for my ranking, I was like, here's the ranking. But hang on, let me just change one thing. And I just massively bumped up Halloween Ends because I don't know if I even do like it more than I did a week ago. But I just I have a lot of thoughts well, about Halloween that's Ends. that's why we're here at this group therapy session. Indeed. So I, I've got like a very... <laughs> Haddonfield, Haddonfield Boys. Boys yeah. Oh, that crap. That's the name of this episode. The Haddonfield Boys. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the uh... Haddonfield Movie that... Boys? Is that worse or better? I mean... Mm... <laughs> I'm just trying to think how many, how many, how long the titles can be on the uh, anchor. <laughs> oh, oh fair, Mo- yeah. the Monday Lorians <laughs> colon the Haddonfield Movie Boys, <laughs> episode one. So my own history is I hadn't mm-hmm. seen when I was growing up. I was scared of horror films, and not from having watched uh-huh. them, from ever having to sit through a trailer for them. My young mind couldn't imagine people doing it for fun, and it wasn't until and this is maybe make you shocked it wasn't till 2015 when i suffered enough peer pressure to go and see the witch opening day that i realized i love horror films oh okay good i was gonna say that's a harsh one to like throw someone in the deep end of if they don't like horror films that's a very well the thing is yeah i realized because i think i'd always stupidly like downplayed the artistry of horror films before that Actually, before that, I had seen The Shining, which I loved because I was a huge Kubrick kid, and that, and, that, and that frightened me enough. I was like, "Well, I like, I love Kubrick, and I'll sit through that for him, but I don't want to always be doing this." And that that changed my life. Now I am someone who will just go to see horror movies and just have a blast. Good, yeah, welcome. yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I found my own path in. But so, I had see- Halloween. Then was one of the few exceptions because I think when I was sixteen. Me and my friends had a Halloween, this will make it sound really lame, but we had like a Halloween like slumber party, so to speak. Sure, that's the word slumber lame, party. It's like, I'm the kind of <laughs> yeah, one who no, get murdered in great, these films. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, so we stayed over and we all brought some DVDs. I didn't really have many horror films, but my friend bought Halloween and none of us had seen it. He said, oh, I've always been wanting to watch Halloween. Would you guys be up for it? And at that time, I, I'm not even sure if I was one of those people who knew my Jason Voorhees from my Michael Myers. Sure. And we were sure. like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll put it on. And I was really shocked because we had before like tried Texas Chainsaw and Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw really fell flat for a group of teenagers. And I think, I think upon rewatch, yeah. I might appreciate it more about the time when you're told like this film was banned or whatever the hell you expect so much. Mm. And it's, it's a lot of very goofy stuff in that film. <laughs> A Nightmare on Elm Street, I really enjoyed, yeah. but that's a lot of fun. That's it's very that's camp, camp, yeah. yeah. Um, but Halloween really stuck with me, watching it for the first time, even at night. See, I would have thought the backwards. I would have thought, if anything, Halloween would be the one you'd find boring, and then Texas Chainsaw might work because it's a bit more visceral. Like Halloween has like no blood in it. It's a very like it slow is, burn. But I think that's why thing. it works. Is because I wasn't. It's really mm, funny to maybe. come into it being unfamiliar with Michael Myers because, as you said, like he's like. He is like the Darth Vader of horror in some ways. He's like such a character everywhere. Every horror mm. or every Halloween, that's the mask everywhere in these shops because it's so cheap to make because William Shatner has no rights. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and it really stuck with me, especially that ending when he's not there on the lawn. 
that's what stuck with me. Mm. So I always thought from there, it's like, oh, okay, I don't really want to watch any of these sequels because I want to keep that as a pure thing. And then what changed was very recently. Well, I actually, sorry, I should say I went to see Halloween 2018 when it came out and the subsequent ones, but I hadn't seen any, like, let's say the classic sequels of the zombie films. I mean, that's the ideal way that David Gordon Green would like you to watch the movies. Yeah. But, you know, Which I would disagree vision. with his vision, I will say that. Uh, <laughs> I disagree with many visions. <laughs> we'll get to it. I've learned recently. But uh, I'm not a contrarian. I just have my weird things I like. But then Netflix, I think last year, added, I think, all the Halloween films except for Resurrection mm. due to some rights issue. That is an odd one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I then decided this year, because... I got a notification from Netflix after putting them off so long that they were all going to leave Netflix by the end of September. So I was like, well, it's annoying they're leaving in September. That doesn't make sense. Why not end of October? I digress. But I was like, you know, I'm finally going to watch all these because I've always wanted to see Season of the Witch because obviously that's unrelated. Mm, mm -hmm. And why not? Like, as I said, I run a Star Wars podcast. I'll watch Star Wars films I don't particularly like multiple times because I love Star Wars. I love Halloween. So... I'll give them a go. And I... Maybe surprising? Because I found it really rewarding watching these. Not as in it made me a better person. Because I don't think any film can <laughs> no, make you a better no. person. Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Even the a lot of the lesser entries. Really... I don't know. I dug it. I think what Halloween has, which made me enjoy it maybe more than Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street gets very repetitive quite quickly even mm -hmm. though there's some imaginative stuff it's like i don't think they ever really think of a good way to justify those sequels but the first three i will no. vouch for <laughs> um but this i think the way michael myers is set up in the first one actually kind of works and i think even some of the films i don't like they all quite know how to use him there's Fre freddy i think is mm. absolutely ruined so early on by just becoming a comedian uh, but Michael yes. Myers, I don't know. There, I have some problems with how the actor portrays him in some of them, in terms of movement, which is very important. But in terms of mm -hmm. him as this entity, I don't know. I He always quite worked for me. And I think he, he held it together. I don't... Hmm, I sort of mostly agree with that. Because I watched for the first time all of the Friday the 13th last year, because I'd seen none of them bar, I think, the first I'm one. I'm the same. And I found a lot of them quite hard going. Um... The sixth one was a lot of fun, but almost all the rest of them I just put in the fire. Like, I just didn't really care for them. I know they're, like, a direct rip-off of Halloween anyway, but, um, yeah, they're quite weird movies, too, but not necessarily fun or interesting, most of them. And Halloween, again, I kind of can't super objectively judge it, because I saw them so young, and they're such an important part of, like, my formative teenage years and whatnot. But uh, I think I mostly agree that this franchise, despite having a lot of dud entries... Because I hadn't rewatched them all straight through in a long time. Um, I'd rewatched the odd one here and there over the years. But when I saw you were doing that full watch, I just thought, okay, fine. Because I planned to rewatch, I think, one, one, two, three, and then the two David Gordon Green ones before Ends came out. But then I was like, well, that's five. I can add another seven to that, <laughs> whatever. Um, so I blitzed Well, I had them all on DVD. I didn't have to rely on Netflix, thankfully. Um, but I just blitzed them all in, like, I think, four or five days. And yeah, I think I did appreciate them more this time around than I have previously, maybe. But um, I do know that at least the middle three we have very different Ooh. views on. Uh, 
I think I so. think we do based on your comments this about could, Loomis. This is going to um, be exciting. I think. But yeah, no, I think a lot of people have tried to because he's such a blank slate as a character. There's a lot of the sequels at least try to have some kind of different hook on him, or at least some kind of new angle. So there is a stupid and convoluted and frequently retconned evolution of the character, but at least it's something. It is something. <laughs> they try. And I think what helps this as well much more than Friday the Thirteenth is impeccable, usually like autumnal vibes, and mm-hmm. of course, like the music, even in some of the lesser ones, can be you know. Quite good. Some yeah. John Carpenter has returned to the series, I think, quite a few times to do like. Uh, I think just for the recent tree. I think he hasn't do done s- one since oh, yeah, yeah. Season of the Witch, I don't think. Did he do two? Season of the Witch, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he did do two, and then he also kind of secretly directed <laughs> most of two as well. Well, despite yeah. not wanting to. Well, I don't think he even wanted to write it, but. <laughs> No, he didn't. He often talks about how that twist came about because he was drunk and desperate for something to put on the movie, and then was added that twist. That twist that became like a very important part of every sequel yeah. to the reboot. So I think that's why Halloween has like endured maybe more than most. I think it is mm. because like the first Friday the Thirteenth, I don't write really. It's fine. It's like a a piece of crap you yeah, can watch. But the first Halloween is a genuine masterpiece. It's mm-hmm. it was also my first John Carpenter film. Which is a very big step, I think, in any young like film fan's life is meeting John Carpenter in that sense. Uh, I will correct you on one thing. I did not do a full series rewatch. I actually did not rewatch the first one (laughs) just because I just because I'd seen it so many times. I was like, ah, let's just get into it. (laughs) Sure. There's no film I kind of remember more, and I think the start of two just reuses some footage from one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fully. I always because I my memory of the start of two is always that it plays Mr. Sandman. And it just immediately shows him being shot at the balcony. But it doesn't. It just replays the last five minutes of one, but with different yeah. score. Different, slightly worse score. And then goes into two. And that's just a really strange... Just really kind of bolted together, kind of like yeah. thrown together, haphazard way of doing a sequel opening. I think the Rocky movies have done that. The first three, they start with like the last fight of the last one. Those I've not the, seen, The Rocky I films I, uh, I'm a huge fan of, which might be weird. Especially weird... Mm. No, I can I, see that. <laughs> when I went to see Black Adam, which dates this episode immediately, they played a trailer for Creed 3, which I was actually sure wasn't a real movie. Oh, yeah. Because it just didn't exist before <laughs> it suddenly did, and I was very happy. I love Creed. So, enough about Rocky. That's completely different. Maybe that'll be a future episode of this format. <laughs> That's for next Halloween. Because me and David yeah. big Rocky heads. So maybe I'll get him on that. Nice. So, let's get into my, my weird convoluted ranking system. Yes, so please. me and Richard both made a ranking of all the Halloween films from 1 to 13. Obviously one. Which I don't necessarily stand by. As soon as I see it out loud, I'll probably be like, no, I disagree <laughs> with most of this. But this is as of this current date, that is the ranking I will well, mostly agree with. Well, that's the episode anyway. Um, so what I've done, which is weird, is I've taken those lists and taken their order in the list. Let's say like number one. So... If I have a movie at number one and Richard has it, say, number three, then I add one and three together to give it a score of four. And so the lower the number, the better the movie, because it means that we've rated it higher. Right, right, right. So say if we both choose, uh, I'll just use an example, not to spoil the list. If we both hated the first Halloween movie for some crazy reason, and that was like number 13, mm. we would it would get a score of 26. Which is bad. This this is a stupid ranking system, but I think it's funny. 
No, it's kind of funny. I kind of like it's it. It's kind of fun because I actually, what I didn't realize because I'm not very clever, is it's opened room to ties. Films can tie, mm-hmm. and I find that really interesting. So that's the <laughs> ranking system. Uh, originally, it was going to be a case because I listened to a podcast, a video game podcast called The Back Page. And sometimes they do their lists of like the best games of 2007. And if someone has like one of those games higher up on the list, they wait till they get there to talk about it. Yeah, that's just an I'm But I don't know if it would work here just because of some of these placements. I just worry. I don't know. That seemed messier to me, but then I realized I've had to explain my system. Screw it, it's the Nile system. (laughs) This is how the Haddonfield boys roll. How many ties are there? I'm curious. Only one tie. Okay. Only one tie. Oh, but that shows sad. that we have quite different listings. Mm, We've also is. got our personal <laughs> lists at hand, so we can reference where they uh-huh. came in our individual lists, which is where it's going to be quite funny. Also, um, just leading off from in the episode of Andor we're talking about that we're kind of continuing from, Richard posed the question, was there any crossover between the Star Wars films and Halloween films in terms of casting? And it turns out there isn't, or at least maybe there's some really minor ones, but something quite something quite interesting was Donald Pleasance was not the first choice for Dr. Loomis. No, I know the yeah. answer is actually too. That's, yeah, there's it was, your connection. It was, okay, it was fair between enough. <laughs> Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Of course, both horror icons in their own right. And I thought that was really interesting, mm-hmm. just as a, an extra little factoid. Could you picture no, either of them I, in that it wouldn't role, have Maybe Cushing, but it wouldn't it be would, the it's same. It's completely different vibe. Completely different. Yeah. But imagine like Halloween 5 or 6 of him just like screaming at a small child. It'd be... I think Pleasance does that the best, but Cushing could have been fun in that, yeah, in that role. Yeah, it could have been. So now that I've once again brought up Star Wars, just to remind you all what this podcast normally <laughs> is, uh, I think we'll get into the rankings. Are you ready, Richard? Mm-hmm. So we're going to start from lowest to highest. Because otherwise, it would, I don't know, it wouldn't be as fun. I like building up towards uh, better films as much as we can. I presume our number one stays the same regardless. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying what it is. I'm, just, I'm presuming it probably does. I'd yeah. be shocked if it's basically because of how we started the show. Uh, so because it's a tie, we're going to be going from 12 to 1 rather than 13. There are 13 films, right. okay. but yeah, 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 yeah. we'll get to it. So at number 12... Is Halloween Resurrection. I don't think... Okay. Like, I was actually surprised, Richard, that you... Ha- uh, this was bottom of my list. This was number 13, dead mm. last. And you had it... Was it 11? Um, It's third... Yeah, 11th. Because um, I think... Because I did a list last year based on, like, just vague memories of them all. And I think I put that last. Or, like, second last. And then on a rewatch, like, it isn't good. Yeah, are we yeah, talking about course. it now? We are. I guess we are. Um, like, the common wisdom is you'd put H2O at least. Like, you'd put it below H2O at the very least. But I just found H2O almost, we'll get to that in a minute, I suppose. Not good. Resurrection is terrible. Um, but there's just some real absurd imagery in it. Like, Buster Rhymes, Kung Fu fighting Michael Myers, and then killing him by electrocuting him in the balls. Which is, well, not killing him, he doesn't die ever. But that's just... <sighs> Kind of like most of the plot of Halloween ends, if you told me that 
10 years ago when I hadn't seen it. I'd be like, that can't be a real movie, though. Like, this, the tone of Halloween 1, like Carpenter's original classic. If you told John Carpenter that 40 years on, someone, no, 30 years on, someone make a movie where <laughs> known Hornby artist Buster Rhymes would Kung Fu fight Michael Myers, say, Happy Halloween, motherfucker, and then let you give him the balls. Hmm. It also, again, moves quite fast, so it's over quickly, which is nice for See, a See, this Halloween might have people. especially pissed me off because of my entire rewatch, this is the one... I had to. I had. I didn't rent. I bought it on Amazon Prime okay. Video because oh, it was like the no. same price. So I own this film digitally now. This. I was excited to watch this because I'd known Buster Rhymes was in it and Tyra Banks. This might be quite shocking for people, but growing up, I was a big fan of America's Next Top Model. That's why I never thought that would combine with my love of Halloween. But here we are, in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty-two. Um, this film sucks. This is. Like no, I always like to give credit to film sequels that do something weird, but this idea just blows. I think you like the general concept. Okay, general I guess we explain to you that haven't seen it. Yes, yeah, so the general idea is that they they set up a series of cameras in Michael Myers' childhood home, and having successfully finally killed his at that point sister, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Myers, I guess, goes home to just stare out of his favorite window that we find out a bit later and find the camera crew and a bunch of teenagers just walking around it and just start killing them. Which isn't a terrible Halloween or horror setup in the abstract, I guess, but it does just feel desperate for a Halloween movie. It's it's so unconnected to everything else and they're 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 weirdly continuity heavy as movies, so it just it does feel strangely standalone. Apart from the, the opening, opening where he, he blowfelds <laughs> Laurie Strode at last. That stupid Bond <laughs> opening. I don't remember which one that is, where they, they lose the rights to Blofeld, speaking of Donald Pleasance. Oh, and they drop yeah. down a smokestack, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> and she kisses him, and it's just weird. It's a weird opening. Jamie Lee Curtis obviously didn't want to do it, but she was contracted after H2O had a contract clause that she had to do whatever the oh, opening right. was to the next one, just to like clear the clear her character out of like the, the end of H2O. I, so, yeah, I'm glad you said that. that. Um, which I think you can I'm tell her you said that, because I didn't know it, and I was actually about to like get annoyed at Jamie Lee Curtis for like agreeing to this crap. <laughs> No, oh, okay. it was in the contract. <laughs> why? But that's also one of the funniest recons, I think. Like, we'll get the H2O in a minute, but yes, like that recon is that that ending is so solid. Like, that's the end of my he's dead, and then they had to find a way out of it, and they found I think the funniest solution to like recon it, which I I would love them to do for Halloween ends as well. Like, pull the same gambit, just say it's it's a different guy that we accidentally Somehow, missed. Michael returned. It's on Exegol. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I hate as well about this film. This is some really like dopey concept i think it wants to be kind of scathing about kind of reality tv in a way or something like that mm. or how people enjoy watching horror films the voyeurism of it my, well. yeah. buster rhymes is the villain of this film who plans all this and then at the end he's the one giving a speech to the press about how they should be ashamed of themselves because he learned his lesson but it just feels no. like <laughs> Buster Rhymes wanted to make a Halloween movie. I, it feels like he produced this almost. He's like, I, I could beat mm. up Michael Myers. I'm tough. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Him fighting Michael Myers with Kung Fu is probably the best bit of the film. I would say. It's just you know pure it schlock, pure garbage, uh, which I did enjoy. I like the setup is he watches a Kung Fu film on TV at one point. So later in the film, it makes sense he knows Kung Fu. Because <laughs> he's like Taskmaster. That's how scripts work. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the only other thing I have to say about this is uh, there's a, uh, the actor who plays Lenny Bruce and Miss Maisel's in it. That's one of these jerks who gets killed. 
And I quite like Miss Maisel, so I thought of that briefly. Uh, oh, wait, isn't that our Star Wars connection? Isn't one of the women... Katie Sackhoff, um, yes. Yeah, she's in, she's yes, in Star Wars. Yeah, there's it all Bo-Katan. makes sense, Bo-Katan. We got, we got one. one, we got all one. Right, this, is, this is now a canon episode. Does that bump yeah, up? Yeah, it's my number one now. That we had the Star Wars I'm chill. But uh, yeah, I have nothing more to say about this. I'm glad it came last. No. I was worried that... It might be like one of your faves, just like as a camp classic or something. <laughs> I'm not really one that goes in for oh, camp good. classics of things. Uh, so no, I'm I'm happy to defend, not defend it. Like I don't, I, I know it's third last on my list, not last last, but the last three I don't really care about. Like it, it could be anywhere those three. I just found it shorter and not as boring as the other two, I guess. is like more the, the quote unquote Okay, so it. with that, now that that's firmly located at the bottom of the trash heap, we'll go to number 11, mm-hmm. which is... H20, Halloween, 20 years later. Well done for saying it properly, because it's really hard yes, not to say H20. Which I think might be the worst film title of all time. Mm, it's up there. It's up there. Well, do you know that the current trilogy is called the what? H40 trilogy? That's what like the official like name for the current trilogy is the H40 what, trilogy. What, because it's 40 years? Yeah, the, like 2018 trilogy. That, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> they did it again. Oh, God. Well, as long as they're not putting that in like DVD boxes when they bundle them together. We'll find find out in a few few months. months. So this one, I'm trying. Let me just check where I had this. So I had this actually at number eleven on my list. Okay, I had a twelve. Okay. This one, I almost feel a bit torn on because I actually, I think it's derivative. I think it's very watchable. Mm -hmm. I think it does fly by. 82 minutes. minutes. (laughs) I really like it's got kind of a a sweeping orchestral version of the Halloween theme. Quite cool, Mm. because if we've... Yeah, because this is like, obviously intended at the time, this was almost like a very late trilogy capper to Halloween 1 and 2. And I will say, I think Jamie Lee Curtis in this film, I like this portrayal of Laurie Strode much more than the Halloween 2018 one, as far as like survivors go. Okay, I like that she's... (laughs) ran away she's got on with her life she's just drinks wine during the day i don't know because i always feel like the other one wanted to have its cake and eat it where she the 2018 one she has a family but she's also just so messed up it feels almost incompatible to me yeah that's not unfair but this um I think see, when I was growing up with these ones, I had like read these website pages, and I I didn't know there was actually like continuity breaks. And apart from Halloween three, so I always thought that the canonical explanation was that the first seven are all canon, apart from yeah. three, um, and that Laurie faked her death after giving birth to Jamie, so that Jamie existed, and Laurie just didn't. Ca- this version of Laurie just didn't care. And just let her get murdered and culted and stuff. And then she came back and she's like, oh no, poor me. So I always kind of really hated Laurie in this one. Because I thought she just abandoned her child. But then I found out, oh no, it's actually a full continuity break. That didn't happen. So, That's, okay, it's, it's the most confusing franchise in terms of keeping up with the stuff. It is, it is. the choose your own adventure of... There's three films just called Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis's character, character has canonically died twice before the current trilogy. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> but also, why this one is so low is despite... I like a lot of things about it. It it I think mm. it takes way too long for Michael Myers to actually show up. And also it's he stinks. They get him so wrong in terms of how he moves. This is just this yeah. could just be any mad fella. <laughs> That's not a bad episode. Like, <laughs> Some mad, mad fella. fella. 
Michael Myers, some mad fella. Um, yeah, this one's pretty dire. I I quite like the opening scene. I think that's pretty decent. It's kind of a little bit creepy. It has some tension to it with the nurse from the first Halloween who gets killed and then reappears in Halloween Kills. And gets a little, killed little Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, little Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. getting horribly murdered. Fun it's stuff. But yeah, most of the teenage characters are very annoying. Josh Hartnett's very irritating. The rest of them are irritating. I like Jamie Lee Curtis in this. I think I do prefer 2018's version of Laurie, but I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, it just, it, it's also so apparent that, and this is what did happen, they basically saw Scream and we need to make Scream again, but with a Halloween branding on it. And it's well, definitely They literally got Scream, a screenwriter on it, it, didn't they? From Scream, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And they show it in the movie, I think, which is confusing because Halloween's a movie in the Scream universe. So how does we'll that We'll get to that work? in Halloween Ends, um, which features a John Carpenter <laughs> film within the Halloween verse. So John Carpenter no, exists. You're right, you're right, you're right. Crazy, <laughs> crazy shit. Um, but no, I think, yeah, your main criticism that I mostly is the name one for me is just that Michael Myers isn't really in this. Uh, and when he is, he's just Which bad. could work as me, because I was thinking um, this. This film would almost work at me if, for me if he never showed up and it's all about this, like, paranoia. Mm-hmm. But they'd never do it. And there's been, like, multiple films in the no, series I think would be better without Michael Myers, which is funny to see. Cough, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, we're in there. Uh, but the other thing that I really hate about this movie is something that I I feel like I should like in theory is that Janet Leigh can't oh, Lee no, cameo. No. It's so arbitrary because she's so Janet Leigh, who of course played um, yes, Marion Crane, yeah, in Psycho, uh, who gets killed in the shower scene, is Jamie Curtis's real life mother, and she appears in this as her secretary <laughs> something. or something. But also very clearly her mother. And then in the middle of the movie, there's a scene where Janet Lee is just leaving and she just tells her real life daughter very real life motherly advice. And then Janet Lee walks off to the car she drove in Psycho while the Psycho theme very slowly plays in the score. And it's just, it pisses me off so much. This is so well, There's two more terrible things about that. One is that uh, she literally Go says, on. like, oh, I feel motherly towards you. She's got some line like that. God, and, yeah, um, oh, God, what. Oh, the second one, and I think this is actually worse than all of it, is she does the Halloween quote. <laughs> oh, it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Oh, that scene does. blows so hard. Oh, it sucks. I know offense to Janet Lee, of course. Who... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I love her. That was dreadful. I, I almost wish why they Tony Curtis was alive at that point to also have a terrible cameo. Ah, I guess it's true what they say, Miss Strode. <laughs> some do like it hard, though. You know, some crap. That wouldn't no. be any worse, I suppose. It feels like such a thing they do they yeah. do now, but it's baffling that they did it in the nineties. That is what's it's weird. Is this weird. is one of this almost sets a template for legacy sequels that mm-hmm. we haven't really. I guess Halo with horror movies, so many retcons, people kind of forget about them. But I, I don't really have anything else to say about this. I think it's despite being so low, it's a it's a very easy watch. So yeah, no, I, I don't feel. Again, as you said, like the score is quite nice. That orchestral rendition of the Halloween theme is actually quite good. And it, um, it does have a sense yeah. of finality that is ruined, of course, with um, <laughs> one of two terrible retcons in this series. Is uh, At the end, Laurie Strode, it seems like, and it was intended, that she decapitates Michael Myers once and for all. And in the mm-hmm. second one, it reveals that Michael Myers is a Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> of, like, putting his mask and a suit on someone? He crushed yes. the larynx of a paramedic so he couldn't scream and then put his suit and mask on him in like a reverse Agent 47 and then let Laurie Strode pin that man to a, a giant log with an ambulance. And that must have been a giant paramedic. 
How else <laughs> could she think that? And Michael Myers was running around in his underpants or dressed as a paramedic because the clothes fit. I think yeah, I think you see in Sarah's resurrection like right. cut away to like someone's midriff in like paramedic clothes walking away. Uh, but I think that recon is terrible. But I, th- I think it then makes what rewatching H two O sorry H twenty quite funny when you know it's happening and just like that scene, like it's it's very earnestly played and played straight. And it was obviously meant to be a sort of a, if we don't get a sequel, it is the end of it. But I don't know. I think it is quite funny. It makes the film just funnier knowing it. But it's awful. It's such a dreadful way of. <laughs> Like, just don't yeah. write that in. Like, don't do the very final ending if you're going to make a sequel anyway. So that brings us up to number 10. <sighs> and I think I think this is the first one that might upset you, Richard. This is Halloween Kills. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. Like, I have Halloween Kills, what, 9th? I, I have it 12th. 13, 12th. I have a 10th, so it's actually still pretty low on mine. Um, I Kills, I don't know. Uh... There's a lot I like about it that isn't necessarily tied to watching it. <laughs> that makes sense. Because <laughs> I quite liked a uh, previous alumni of this podcast, Darren's um, defenses of it. Like, he has a very good article on the escapist about why Halloween Kills is kind of interesting and, like, very brutal and stuff. And I, I think his argument is mostly quite solid. Um, my problem with it is, is Kills is sort of dull. Um, the mob stuff and the town stuff, I like in theory. In execution, I find quite irritating. The, your man playing Tommy Doyle yeah. very annoying uh, they as a were performance. going to get Paul um, Rudd back and it didn't work out and they tried to yeah, but I think Ghostbusters at least one ranking for me if Paul Rudd had come back I can't picture him in it though like they must have if they'd got them they must have intended to like change the script because if they had Paul Rudd play that character he, as is he looks Infinity, the same age weird <laughs> yeah but um like, okay, things I like about Kills. I love the score. I love the score for all three of the new ones because John Carpenter and his son did them and they're great. Um, it just looks quite expensive and nice. There's some really gnarly uh, kills in it. Um, the bit when Michael Myers escapes the burning house and fights all the firemen in like a big setup scene is really funny. As my, my friend Steve said, it's, it felt like it needs like the Yakuza kind of titles over it because it's just like Michael Myers versus like the Haddonfield firefighters. And it's just, it's great. Uh, it's nonsense. Um, I also love the flash, the initial flashback, because I always maintain that the people that make the Hitman game mm. should make a Halloween game, because 47 and Michael Myers are like very interchangeable in some ways, and I think there's a great like little Hitman-y bit at the start when, in the first flashback, yeah, the cop sees Michael, like turn a corner, mm. and he's just gone, and that's like the perfect like depiction of, like what Hitman 47 should like look like in live action. And you can, like see the cops on the little marks over their heads being confused where he went and stuff and i also love when it shows you how they retcon captured michael myers with the the guy in the very good loomis mm. prosthetics with the voice no. that isn't quite right so it just feels uncanny but the look is very good um <laughs> the way they capture michael myers is just like he's a weeping angel they all just stand around in a big circle with guns and then when it's not like an easily escapable like trick he can pull to move away from them he's like well i guess i'll just stand here and just be taken away for 40 years so I like dumb stuff like that in Kills, but as an actual viewing experience, it's a bit... Yeah. I remember... Uh, I went to see this with my girlfriend. And I should get context, because I find her viewing experience of the Halloween movies very funny. Uh, we both loved the first one. She watched the original Halloween 2 a lot growing up as well. She's got both DVDs here, and she's Swedish. So they're in Swedish, the, the backs of the boxes, and they're very funny to read. Cool. So things like, Michael Myers, <laughs> Mental Instituten. <laughs> It's, it's hilarious <laughs> to read them. But uh, but then she saw those two, and the only one other one she saw before seeing Halloween Kills with me was Halloween Resurrection. So that, oh, Jesus. No, like in 2018? 
that was very confusing. So she's found it quite baffling, me making my way through these. Uh, she, she's not a trash viewer like me. If she watches things, she does want it to be good. So it's a miracle we're still together. Unreasonable. Unreasonable. So we saw kills together, and it was a pretty miserable cinema experience. Um, the kills are great. I will say that. Like, the, it lives up to its title. But the, the mob <laughs> stuff as well is just so, like, that scene where they go into the bar... And Tommy Doyle's like won't shut up about uh, forty years ago. Yeah, that's bad. Oh uh, god, that, that stuff sucks. And he's pointing people out. It's like that's who that person was in that movie. <laughs> it blows. I don't know who cares about Tommy Doyle, but I certainly do. Only if he's played yeah, by Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, I almost wish they did just like they never did the continuity breaks and they did the comic book thing. And this all happened, believe it or not. I I think that's a more interesting way. It makes more sense. Like that that occurred to me the first time seeing kills that like that opening bar scene and the, all the mob stuff only really makes sense kind of if the other sequels happened and it feels weird if they didn't. But then I think that's much worse and we'll get to it in ends, where it really feels like ends doesn't make any sense if the if the continuity is Halloween one, Halloween twenty eighteen yeah. and the other two. It's it's bizarre that the because the first twenty eighteen has that whole line about like, oh he's just some guy that killed three yeah, people, yeah. like that's nothing. I was like, that's kind of fun. That's kind of neat little twist on it. And the next film's like, no, no, he's haunted this town for four decades. Like, has he, though? (laughs) Yeah, this film is so weird. Like, the evil dies tonight thing is is so annoying. If it was a... I almost made that the sign-off for the Ander episode. That was my other theory one that I can go with, but yeah. It's so much, and there was a a point where they kept saying, like, 40 years ago, so much. I mean, my girlfriend would look at each other every time and be like, what is this? Why do they keep wanting us to think about the much better film? Um, <laughs> yeah and just the stupid thing of them chasing that mental patient they just decide he's michael myers i would have watched the whole movie of that because yeah. it was quite funny but just <laughs> like a grim awful he's turning kind of us way, all yeah. into monsters <laughs> it just blows i do like the kills are great something i i do hmm. hate about kills and 2018 is i do not care for david gordon green and i think danny mcbride's Humorous, humorous interludes of just random people talking about sandwiches or the, the old couple with the drone in this one. It can vary, yeah. The drone couple I don't love. I quite like Big Lon, Little, Big John Little John. I think right, they're very yeah. enjoyable, but that's more just the performances are very but good. I think we spend enjoyable. too much time um, with them for people who are just going to be like butchered. But would you rather spend more time with Tommy Doyle or like Laurie Strode lying in the I, 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 I didn't want any <laughs> I of this. Think I, do. I didn't want any of this. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis's bizarre uh, press tour for this, where she was talking about Black Lives Matter. Trauma. Bizarre. I don't think she meant any ill, but it was just you're making you're making Halloween no, twelve. Don't talk about <laughs> things that are real. But then remember they threatened that Halloween ends would involve the pandemic, and everyone went, please no, and suddenly this is not in the movie, so I guess someone listened to I think they might else. have just been lying. Uh, but yeah. What maybe. But, uh, but yeah, so Killed is not good. I will say, the other thing I like, I really quite enjoy, and again, sort of divorced from the context of what it's meant to be, that big mm. final fight at the end, when they're all just wailing on him, because it's just like, at some moment, your brain kind of goes, this is like a 60-year-old man, that they're just, they've surrounded us beating with pipes. But then like the voiceover kicks in, like, he's not a man, he's a monster. Oh, thank you for that clarification. Okay, I can feel okay about this now. And the way it works, like an Assassin's Creed 1 fight, where it's just, yeah. it's all counterattacks on Michael Myers' part, and he just kills all of them. It's great. And I also just, it's stupid, but I kind of enjoy the window thing. I think they're like, we're going to keep Michael Myers as mysterious as possible, but here's the singular thing we'll give you. He likes that window. And he's going to go home to that window. He's going to look out that window. By God, he will kill his entire way there. 
and then the start ends is like the little newspaper clipping saying yeah. the house is demolished to get rid of that bit of continuity which I thought was uh, the only other thing I'll say I like about this is I just do like that it's like one of the sequels that just takes place immediately afterwards same night I was disappointed mm. that ends wasn't slightly I, I would oh, I'm glad it wasn't three in a I, row I would have found though. that quite interesting but we'll get to ends anyway I think we need to move on mm. from kills anyway so we're going up to number nine which uh, is Halloween 5 Yes, this is my fault. That's so low. Well, I actually had it number eight, so it's kind of in the ballpark of where I wanted it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can live with this. So five, five is a weird one. This also retcons the ending of a much better film, and is I think I like this one, but I do think it's a so bad it's good kind of one. I love that it's mostly Doctor Loomis screaming at a child. I like that Jamie has this psychic connection with Michael because this feels to me this this feels yep. to me like kind of a Dario Argento film. It's like weird psychic powers for okay, no reason. Yeah, I can see uh, that. Donald Pleasant's like in phenomena, mm-hmm. uh, going batshit and yelling a lot. Some like some really good kills in this film. Like some of these teenagers really get it, especially in the barn. There's a barn sequence. I think they're putting into mm-hmm. machinery. Um, and also, correct me if I'm wrong, because these two start to blur. This is the one that starts with like the Bride of Frankenstein thing of Michael Myers being found by a blind old man and like taken yes. care of until next Halloween where he immediately kills him. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Um, I think originally it was supposed to be that that guy was like a... Because there's, there's two books out called uh, Taking Shape Part 1 and 2 and they're about the first one's about all the films they did make and the second much larger book is all the sequels they didn't make. But... Um, so initially, that old man was supposed to be like a voodoo shaman, hermit, and he was supposed to give him the tattoo, and that's meant to explain how he got like the druid curse and stuff. But they're like, no, this is like a random blind guy. <laughs> but he was meant Why to be a voodoo like... shaman that lives beside him. Like voodoo I guess. and druid stuff. It's just all magic crap. Yeah. But... <laughs> in like this unassuming midwestern I really town. Like that. I felt like they were almost imagining that with the homeless man in ends. Uh, I, I promise you this is the last mm-hmm. time we get to our ends before we get to it. We need to stay away from the new one. Um, but Five also has like that weird thing where the cop, these, there's two comedy cops with awful theme music. The Keystone Cops. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was very, very strange. strange. They, they, Dr. Loomis just decides that Michael is killing because he's got some kind of rage. It's, it's, it's baffling. Yeah. This movie, yeah, it's not good. But- those cops also are really badly placed because they they come in the middle of a scene that I think is actually legitimately quite yeah. tense of them about to like kill off the I guess kind of the surviving final girl of the previous movie and it's just it's so out of it's so strange there's also supposed to be an interlude where one of Jamie's friends this again was cut out as a BMX enthusiast and was supposed to momentarily slow down and slightly defeat Michael Myers with BMX tricks which thankfully was cut out but may have been oh, shot I want to see that footage this also has, I think, one of the, I think the funniest sequence in the whole saga. I'm calling it a saga now. Oh, God. Is when Michael Myers mm. is pretending to be a drunk girl's boyfriend, driving her around town, and he stops because she wants to get cigarettes. In my head, because <laughs> Michael Myers is a, a pretty deranged individual, he probably, you know, but, but a bit but of also a not that successful with the ladies. I think he saw a fire escape. He's like, maybe, no, maybe old Mikey's finally gonna get a gal. But uh, it didn't turn out that way. 
but actually during that scene, it's almost like he's performing, performatively playing as the, yeah. the soft boyfriend because he's he keeps coming like his hands and stuff, like gripping the steering wheel every time she talks. Like, oh, this damn nagging wife of mine. But no, Michael, you met her like a minute it, ago. It you does don't blow, know this woman. Uh, quite a few of these sequels get it wrong. How much of his eyes you can see? Yeah, that mask is really bad though, because the mask itself is yeah. like too big of a neck, and it kind of goes down to his shoulder blades, and it's just, it's yeah, I don't like it. Also, I just like I do want to know how Michael Myers learned to drive. That's something he does in a few of these. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't see where <laughs> unless you do that in mental institutions. It's like, oh, of course he got to drive. Yeah, I did, I found this one because it's a bit, it's a little bit too long. I agree with you, the Loomis stuff is very funny, but I just found the film a, a tough slog on this rewatch. Uh, I didn't. None of the kills stood out to me. Like in the film that like all the posters show you Michael Myers with a giant scythe, it just I don't know. It doesn't develop that image in my brain. And then of course the ending with the stupid man in black stuff. Yes, and, yeah. which I, I will briefly talk about the man in black stuff because they decide to have put in a bit more of an overarching story. I don't know. They mm. do it so barely in this movie that it's. It may shock you to learn they didn't plan this out. Oh, of they didn't know what they're going to do with this in the sequel. They just, they just put it in. Robert Mitchum from uh, <laughs> what's the name of the film? It's just got uh, a Night of the Hunter. I thought he was going to fight Michael Myers. Oh like, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. movie. Yeah, don't have much to say about five. I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, based off how negative people are towards it. I agree with mm-hmm. lots of the criticisms, and probably if I had to rewatch it, it would be a tougher rewatch. But for us, what it yeah. is right now, it's number nine on our list. So we'll jump up to number eight, which is Rob Zombie's Halloween. So okay, and I, had I had that, that nine. I had that just under this. Oh, I had that nine which as is, well. It's a weird one. Shouldn't shouldn't it have stayed nine then? No, because when it becomes <laughs> oh, sorry, no, yeah, points. yeah, yeah, keep with the system, mm. Rich. Keep with the system. Uh, it is complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Uh, complicated. So 2007. <laughs> Uh, I, I'd heard like people weren't big on this, uh, but it, there was quite a following mm. for his second one he did, which we'll talk about later on. And I, weirdly, I'm the first half of this film I quite like because I find it mm. interesting mm-hmm. for a remake to go the complete opposite direction with Michael Myers of actually explaining his backstory. And I find it weird when people are so against that. It's like this is a remake. It's like a different thing. And yeah. I think <laughs> Rob Zombie's like weird obsession with like the worst white trash people and hellbillies yeah. <laughs> i found very very entertaining there's some disgusting dialogue in this and even laurie strode is doesn't seem like a very nice person in this but, no. but for the first half of this film i really liked it and i i like uh my malcolm mcdowell's this sleazy dr loomis like even yeah, in this great. dr loomis who previously was like this avenging angel obsessed with stopping evil. Now he's just kind of a scumbag. And it works. The problem is then this just goes into being quite a straight remake of Halloween, which is ironic given it's a Halloween remake. And that's when you realize like, (laughs) oh, I don't really care about how Rob Zombie approaches Halloween. Because I think I noted Mm. this in my letterbox review. It's a bit wanky to say, but it's the only way I remember what I say (laughs) in anything. Uh, Is I think... Rob Zombies loves Michael Myers and not necessarily Halloween. I don't think that is at all how you mm. do a slasher movie if it's his own idea. I think he was a bit trying, sticking to it a bit too literally as it went on. Whereas he's interesting when he does what he's interested in. So yeah, yeah not, not too much to say about this one. I think it's, I think I saw a weird story about how I watched this one. This one actually wasn't on Netflix either. 
Uh, this one, I was walking to Ikea. For two yeah, years. I was walking reason. to Ikea one day to buy some like curtain rails or something. And as I was passing this house, they had a box of DVDs outside that just said, take these. And the only film, the only films I got in there that I wanted to see that I hadn't seen were Halloween Uncut, which is this. Not a porno, I realize. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, oh God. And Alien vs. Predator Requiem, also uncut. It's a, a great double build. So I, I think I saw the uncut version of this, so I have no idea what difference it is. I will say, given there's a few different yeah. cuts of these, I think Halloween Kills has an extended cut. This very the only one that where the cut makes a difference I think is really Rob Zombie's Halloween two and Halloween six because the, the the kills extended cut is basically the same it's just like frames of more violence and then the ending is very very the man very in black different. shows up this is like one extra God if only no it's just like Laurie calls um, Karen and then Michael Myers picks up the phone just breathes down at her and then she just leaves the hospital holding the knife Ex- That's the excuse my kills. language but and this who one who the fuck is Karen. <laughs> Oh, okay. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Greer. I forgot she was in them. Oh, Judy Greer. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but <laughs> also a voodoo shaman. Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, but yeah, no. This one, as far as I know, like Halloween one and two, Rob Zombie. The only ones you can get now are like the uncut director's cuts. Like the original cuts, kind of like Star Wars, are basically just gone. You can't find them in DVDs easily anymore. But there's not a huge amount of difference in this one. I think it's just again like bloodier and more violent, but it's mostly exactly the same. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about the cuts on that one. Um, but, yeah, I agree with basically everything you said. I think I don't I don't love or hate this one. Um, I think I just liked it more the first time I saw it years ago. But watching it again, I was like, no, this is fine. Um, I agree that the first half is stronger and more interesting. And then once he just remakes Halloween, but at, like, double speed, it's just, like, whatever. I think this one's just, um, like, required reading of... for watching the much more interesting sequel. Yeah. No, fully. Fully, yeah. Because I think even, like, it's a picture of Michael in this. I, I sort of enjoy that it's... It tries to be sympathetic, but then also goes no. But he's really a horrible, horrible person. Like the way he kills Danny yeah. Trejo, and little, little, little adorable Danny Trejo being like, "No, Mikey, you, you love me. I'm your best friend." And he like melts his head. Um, yeah, that's kind of funny. And yeah, no, it's. It, I don't. I also don't hate the giant Michael Myers idea because I know at the time people were like, "Why is he like this humongous monster?" I kind of like it because they're trying to be more realistic. So the fact that he is just like nine feet tall and five feet wide. Makes sense that he can just like take a lot of hits. That, that I think. never even registered to me, to be honest. The the size of him, I just thought, oh, yeah. it's, it's the saber tooth guy from the first X Men, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, Tyler. Is it? Something. Oh, I don't know. Main, Tyler uh, Main. Main. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's uh, nice. He's getting yeah, okay. work. I know he's a former wrestler. True. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that comes across. No. Uh, but yeah. No, it's, no, it's, it's no right. dislike for it it's is fine. it suffers from just because it turns into Halloween. It's like, well, I'd rather be watching Halloween. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, will we move on? Well, I suppose to note, it is nice to see Daniel Harris again. Oh, of course, again she plays one. Annie Brackett uh, now, doesn't she? Yeah. Yes, after playing Jamie previously, yes. Which is, I don't know, I'm glad she got like a second go of it, because she was obviously cut from Halloween oh. 6. Actually, I'll also say, just on that note, I love that Brad Dorif's in this. Uh, oh, he's so yeah. good. Well, he's more good than the second one. But he's, but he's, he's a great presence, nice and especially because I think yeah. this came out around the same time he was doing Deadwood. Uh, which he's also so amazing in as a town doctor and a drunk. And we get a little Deadwood, another Deadwood character in the second one. We'll talk about that in a bit. So we're up to seven, which is our tie. This is a really interesting tie. So we've got Halloween 6, or I think as it's known, just Halloween, Mm -hmm. the curse of Michael Myers. Am I wrong? Uh I get uh mixed up with some of these. 
No, that's right. But I think it okay. I think it's three names. It's Halloween, Curse Michael Myers, Halloween Six, Curse Michael Myers, or Future's Halloween Six Six Six. Curse. Is Michael it Myers. really Six Six Six? I think so. No, I think oh. that's what they wanted to call it. They were for the longest time it was called that before like the last minute decision. It's kind of like the license to kill, license revoked thing. It was almost okay. called that, I think. So we but got yeah. that, which is tied with Halloween Ends, the newest. Mm. That's sort the newest of fitting, installment, I think. which I actually had, funnily enough, back to back. Halloween 6, number 6, Halloween Ends, number 7. And I had. I think I had Halloween Ends, 7, Halloween 6, 8. Yeah, so yeah, back again, to back. back to back, but reversed. So, um, I suppose we'll talk about Halloween 6 first, even though these are a tie, just because. Sure. Uh, and also, just for people listening now, obviously, Halloween Ends has only been out for like a week or two. We're, we're going to talk spoilers because mm-hmm. it's. It's Halloween, isn't it? You know, who cares? And it's yeah. hard to rank them if we can't talk about it. Um, and shockingly, there's a lot to spoil, which there isn't yeah, often yeah. with these movies. So we'll talk about six first. So, uh, quick question on six. Which this cut is did the you funny watch? thing. Because everyone has said to me, like, the producer's cut is better. I had this number six mm-hmm. on my list, which is, you know, quite high. Uh, I saw the director's cut. And I still okay. uh, really enjoyed this one. Less for specific things that happen. I, I love the vibe of it. I love how gross and miserable this town is now. There's like a Howard Stern coming here just to make fun of it. Uh, a woman yeah, just gets yeah. murdered in a bus station. No one's around. It, it, it It's deranged. I love uh, Paul Reddis, like weird, creepy Tommy Doyle. I think he's... It, he's very creepy in this. He's very weird. Yeah, he's unpleasant I love that, to be around. That's the character who finds a baby in a dumpster and keeps it. Like, this is all weird shit and I think it's a breath of fresh air even though I like it after five because it goes so mm-hmm. mad and it goes into this cult of foreign stuff in su- it goes in so hard I almost admire it even though on paper this all sucks this is like the antithesis to what the series should be about <laughs> yeah I don't know I'm, I like this one I'm, I'm curious as to what the producer's cut changes and I will catch up on it one day but I think you like it even more because it's a lot of stuff you're talking about. It's it's more like the cult stuff is actually toned down in the theatrical cut. Like there's a lot more of it and it's a lot more apparent. And I think it's I can't remember now because I only watched the producer's cut this time around, not the theatrical cut. I think it's vaguely alluded to in the theatrical cut, but it's implicitly implied or like made canon that Jamie's daughter is Ugh. Michael's. Like it was an incest cult. Yeah, <laughs> it's an incest druid druidic murder cult. Um. The other key difference is that the score for the producer's cut is like more like the John Carpenter score, whereas it's not the awful new metal oh, kind of score that six. That has is otherwise. right. I did forget about that. I like that this one. Yeah, that's more so than kills, which has Michael Myers being beaten by several people. Has Paul Rudd beating him with a plank? Mm-hmm. Never thought I'd see that. <laughs> Actually, that's the other big difference. That whole final scene was a reshoot. That's not in right. the producer's cut. Producer's cut ends with them escaping because Paul Rudd knows how the ruins of the druid stuff work. So just yeah. has little stones that he puts in a circle around Michael Myers. Now Michael Myers can't move beyond the stones, and then he just like puts them around him in a circle, and then it just cuts back to Michael Myers' like body just perfectly flat on the ground, surrounded by these little stones. That does sound very funny. Very funny. I will catch up on that really quickly. Um, yeah, I uh, Donald Pleasance's final one, of course. It's a little. In memory of Sadly, yeah. it, the movie ends the cut I saw with him screaming, presumably being murdered, and then yes. in memory of Donald Presence, which is hilarious. <laughs> like 
If I ever die making a movie, well, I happened. hope they write it in in a very undignified way. Yeah, because that's what it was. Because they they hadn't done the reshoots yet, and then he died before the reshoots could be done. Because so like, it's really fun. I think it's the same in either cut of just him like wistfully looking off at this and going, "Well, I still have work to do." Hard cut to a scream, and then in memory of Donald. Oh, it's bad. R.I.P. <laughs> so yeah, this one I enjoy, and I, I find it so funny the way he's brought back into this movie. Is his his pal mm. who turns out to be the villain comes to his house yeah. and says, "I'm retiring. Will you do my job?" He says to this very old failed <laughs> doctor. Yeah, this older man than him that's also been retired for many. many and, do- years. and Doctor Loomis is listening to like Howard Stern or whoever this this fake out Stern is. Mm. So he's just sat at home listening to trash radio, but he just goes back to work. It's bonkers. They couldn't think of like. It's, any natural way to do this <laughs> especially because he's he's been so dead set on stopping michael myers and uh, jamie's been missing mm-hmm. for years so uh, it's just yeah. very weird it's like they didn't know where to start off with him which i think is a kind of interesting similarity with halloween ends um yeah no i i because I always assumed, I think I had on my list from last year, I think I had like Resurrection Second Last oh. and this last, but then I rewatched, like it's, like you're saying, like it's, it is so off the beaten track with the franchise that it's quite yeah. fun. And there's like, there's some pretty good kills in it too. Like there's that washing machine situation. Um, I like the bit of the little girl being like, oh, it's raining. Red. Oh, yeah. There's like a, a giant body in the right above this her. The problem I forget is where some of the kills are in the series. Uh, this has the horrible, is it mm. stepped out a real dad? His, his head's thrust into a light bulb and it explodes. He gets so electrocuted, oh, yeah, his head explodes. Terrific. A really quick cut to the next scene. <laughs> just great. Just great. I think they cut out the head explosion in the producer's cut and just have him just die, which makes more sense. Um, not but fun. it's not as not as visually. They need yeah, to combine these cuts. It sounds like to make the perfect Halloween six, which maybe, is still probably be like a two out of five film at best, maybe. But I still love it. <laughs> and get like a CGI Loomis back into it just to finish off his scenes. Uh, so, so then, well, uh, I think we'll we'll combine this talk then with Halloween ends. Of course, new one, which mm-hmm. I'm going to call Halloween ends. The curse of Corey Cunningham. So would it be a better name? <laughs> It's so weird that for this trilogy they've been hyping up for like years at this point, that it's all about Laurie Strode, it's all about trauma, as Jamie Lee Curtis would say, to just then, for the final film, essentially soft reboot it again and give us an entirely different protagonist that was never there before and make him the focus of the entire film until the very end. I was like, actually, we still have a Michael plot to wrap up. Let's just bring this in and finish it. It's it's an odd film, but I think the week I've had to think about it, the reason I've bumped it up so much is just because it's, it is so different. Like, it is such a sort of wild swipe at doing something interesting and different with this franchise. Like, I appreciate it, even though I think it works better than I thought after I initially saw it, but I still don't think it really works because they, they double down on the mob stuff from the previous one, but kind of focus it on Corey, which I think mm. helps it. Because I like the idea of yeah, the whole thing that he says that like they couldn't find Michael Myers, so like I became their boogeyman because I killed that kid by accident. Hilarious. Very funny scene, by the way. That opening scene, legitimately incredible and very exciting because it's like, oh, what? But also, when that child hits that floor and explodes, I I laughed. I don't mind saying I laughed. I had a few good laughs. It's so horrific. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the idea that he, yeah, the idea that like, a society will find a boogeyman if they can't find the one they already knew about. I, I like that idea, and I think it 
sort of works, but it's also very overblown. And the whole thing of people were just hanging themselves for no reason because of Michael Myers. That, I was like, see, what? That's, that's really stupid. Where this film works for me. Uh, I, I have my problems with it. Right. But people have been comparing it to both Firewalk with me, I believe. Oh, no, so that's Halloween 2. But mm. like Hallow- or Twin Peaks The Return, where Michael Myers Jesus. has become this kind of barely present but evil that's corrupting the town. And everyone's becoming horrible yeah. and evil. I don't know. There's something really interesting to me about that. And this is one of the ones I wish Michael Myers wasn't in at all. Yeah, fully. I don't know what the stance is, but I actually really like Corey Cunningham as both a character and as a slasher villain. I think he's done really well. This mm-hmm. this guy, I don't know who he is. He looks a bit like Hugh Dancy, I thought, but so like a little bit. A but little I bit, thought yeah, he was yeah. really great. And I think more so than showing me like it's weird to wrap up a trilogy with this guy. I think I think like Laurie and Michael should have been out of this one entirely. Because mm, Laurie Strode mm. in this movie, like, their answer to the end of Kills is she's Weird. just become a regular mom. Like, they wanted her to be who she is in H2, H20. I almost said H2O. And it, it's so wrong. I could get it if it was more of a thing where she's really trying to put up the front. But it's so mixed. Mm. I don't... It's to sound really controversial. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't think she's been very good in one of these for a long time. I don't know, and it's not her fault that this writing is so inconsistent and messy, but I don't mm. know what they want. Because for the start of this movie, I thought it was pretty boring. But now I look back on it, I quite like that. In a way, it's quiet and it's setting up this town and these new like things going on. And the romance between Corey and this girl, even though it's very rushed, it's really beautifully shot. It's like... These like fallen angels scenes of them on that bike and the radio yeah. tower. It's like a, yeah. it's like weirdly romantic that works for me. I, but it also works in like a meta sense because I think it's sort of I, I don't know if they're intentionally going for this, but I, it felt like they were kind of addressing the idea of like the, the, the current wave of like mm. true crime uh, podcasts and stuff, and like especially that women really go for that genre that the way Allison's drawn to him makes sense in that way but then he's also like this perfect encapsulation of like an incel kind of type where it's the world's against me and I don't know I thought they were they were gesturing towards real stuff that sort of made sense as like a messy partnership yeah. and romantic thing that I quite liked but it doesn't really work either but it, it's I don't interesting. I the incel stuff so much because he seems like a, a legit nice guy who is he's kind of right about how he's being treated it's not really nice yeah oh no he is he is yeah. say incel. There's, there's a weird like that was probably too strong. Yeah. That was a yeah, just shorthand for <laughs> put upon man. Some weird man, Star Warsy and stuff in this about his corruption and Michael Myers is his Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers now lives in a sewer, complete with yeah. homoeroticism. Michael Myers kind of gets off and killing people. It gives him power, which is funny. I hate that bit. I really hate the bit where Michael Myers. I like the idea of him being an old man properly on screen finally, and he's like struggling to walk, living in his little yeah. pipe sewer place. But then once he does that one stabbing and has like that weird, literally shuddering orgasm, I really don't like that. It's very unpleasant to watch. I don't impl- enjoy the implication of it. Um, yeah, odd. I thought it was odd. fun bringing back. It seems like they've got a kind of psychic connection as well, which is a, a weird throwback mm. to Halloween 5. But also it kind of pays off on the the brilliant ending of Halloween 4 that was immediately thrown down the toilet in the sewer, so to speak. Yeah. And makes a whole movie out of that idea. Mm-hmm. Really good. Uh, but, you know, I agree with you that if 
ideally, Halloween Killed shouldn't have existed, and it should have been Halloween 18, fine, start this one with, like, Laurie already dead, and Michael having never been seen, and just don't bring him back. I think that idea of, like, his presence corrupting the town works exactly. better when he's not there, because the ending, where, again, I think the ending's very is, funny, yeah. and I quite enjoyed it, because it's like, you know, every modern day podcast, and I was always like, how do you be a slasher villain? Oh, you trapped him in, like, a big block of ice, and then, like, drilled him or whatever. They finally did this. They just lowery just crucifies a man to her kitchen island with knives, bleeds him out, Allison breaks his arm, and then they drive him down in a big spooky parade, and then throw him in like a man-sized mincing machine. And you see his skull yeah, like crack and which is smash. Great. And it's just, it's horrific, but it's like it is great. But I was like, right, they can't they can't wreck on this unless they do the resurrection gambit a second time, which would be very funny. But that just felt like it's giving the town an out yeah. that I don't like. I prefer the idea that like he's corrupted them and they they have to like work that out themselves. Like the, the idea that you just you find this old man in the sewer and then mince him and you're okay is like no, that's a bit. There's too a very easy. funny interlude in this movie where Laurie Strode visits different people or sees different people who hold his victim blame him mm. in like very bizarre ways. Like I kind of like that actually. I like that bit when outside the supermarket yeah. where everyone's like, oh you. You coax a mentally deranged person to your house and then he killed my sister or he attacked my sister. I mean, that kind of happened, I guess. That's not an unfair reading I do love events. the radio DJ who, uh, as my favourite line in the movie, comes outside and says, Corey Cunningham, you ugly motherfucker. It's a great line. <laughs> and it, his death is incredible. His, his tongue skipping mm, the yeah, vinyl. Was... That, to me, is like the kind of funny I'd want in these movies more than like these interludes yeah, of random yeah. townspeople talking shit uh yeah it's i like the old people um having their little awkward flirtation oh, yeah. in the supermarket you don't see that in movies very often that was kind of cute um i feel jamie curry is actually better at that kind yeah. of stuff because that feels more authentically like halloween one laurie as an adult where she's like still awkward and can't really flirt and stuff like that was kind of nice but i agree that the rest of her characterization is very mm. strange and as people pointed out her her memoir which is terribly written it's just dog shit voiceover but like you can see on the page, it says like one page out of one. Like that's that's all shit. Is that one? I also that I also don't think anyone outside of Haddonfield would buy that book. I don't think anyone cares. I think anyone had would yeah. read that either though. Like they yeah, hate it's a weird thing. Uh, really weird movie. It's one. The more I talk about it, the more I like it mm. though. Same kind of. I think yeah. I I don't know that it works or that it's good. It's but definitely one I'd go back to though, which I wasn't expecting. Like this, I I would throw on without. Mm doing a rewatch to be like oh yeah halloween ends that weird freaking movie yeah <laughs> i'll check it out it's got it's because again like as you're saying it makes more sense i think to watch it like that because if you watch it just with if you watch the exact order of the current continuity of halloween 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 kills this it doesn't feel correct whereas if you just throw it on with your vague memory of like the cult of thorn and stuff i think it makes more sense that if those sequels had happened it, in this continuity it's cool as well that they they went back to the season of the witch font for the intro which oh, I suppose is trying yeah. to tell you this is going to be a weird one, but... But also it seems to have, like, TV yeah. static in it, which I thought actually yeah. made me think of Firewalk With Me. And I was like, is that a throwback to that of all things? But that's weird. A, a weird movie, one, one I admire, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when I enjoy it, I really enjoy it. I just wish that they got to do what I'd say they probably wanted to do and not not even set up this trilogy of... We've got to we've got to stop no. it once and for all. It's just very weird, very weird. 
it was supposed to be two films, and I suspect the, the difference would have been that 18 would have been mostly the same, but then this one probably would have combined the mob stuff from Kills and the Corey stuff into one film, which would have been yeah. probably easier. And I think not having Michael on the run for two films makes it less stupid that he lives in a pipe and stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't know. The Michael Myers stuff in this one's pretty bad. Because I do so like funny. the idea of Michael Myers living in the sewers, doing like Pennywise stuff, but... <laughs> <laughs> and being like a weird turf war with the other hobos and not winning the turf war despite being like an immortal murder it man. is funny i know people get weirdly upset about him getting beaten up by cory but that's that's kind of what the point of this kind of passing the no passing the baton funny, yeah. Uh, and yeah it is funny it's been buster rhymes could do it cory could do it <laughs> so we've been talking about this trilogy like quite strongly which brings us to six which is halloween 2018 Oh, okay. So I had that. I had this as ten normally. Harsh. This this one I struggle with because I think it's really well mm-hmm. made, and it's like one of the more mm-hmm. consistent ones. However, I just don't find any like individual aspect of it that interesting, because I don't like how they did the Laurie Strode stuff particularly. I love a lot mm-hmm. of the the kills and that that quite long was a POV shot of Michael Myers doing his business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And this is the one I think it's the worst out of the trilogy in terms of the bits I don't like, of like the funny dialogue. Wow. The, the oh, little boy right. who's like wants to dance or something, and this, the cops talking about Vietnamese sandwiches. I was like, I know what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to make this feel like people got lives, but it almost felt, dare I say it, like Joss Whedon y. And, and I actually don't hate all of Joss Whedon's writings obviously I don't mean he's a, a very nice man yeah. but this felt like oh, I don't need to be guffawing my way through a Halloween movie yeah no okay um, I actually don't mind the comedy bits in any of the trilogy and this one equally I, I'd agree almost with the, the sandwich thing that's a bit too far and it goes on like a little bit too long um, I love the kid in the middle chunk the one that's being babysat i think that's really funny that like legitimately works for me as a comedy sex- i did not sequence. rewatch this one so i last saw it in 2018 so mm. i can't quite recall okay okay the he's good remember the bit when like michael myers in the, in the, the closet and yes he's like yeah yeah. A bad man. yeah that whole he's, kid he's, he his good. stuff's like yeah. like um does he appear at the end of end yeah like I, is he in the procession yes i was wondering who's this little boy he's, that yeah. focusing on <laughs> slightly okay. grown up it's like the end of Endgame when the kid oh, from yeah. Iron Man 3 is there. Like, who's that, like, lanky, weird... Oh, it's probably the kid from Iron I Man 3. I can't believe they threw Tony Stark's body um... in that trash compact. <laughs> oh, imagine. I kept thinking, actually, that's much funnier. I kept thinking, like, imagine if you just swapped the music score for the end of No Time to oh. Die and the end of this for, in both cases, the main character is, like, atomized. Uh, um... Spoilers for <laughs> but, uh... No Time to Die. Yeah, no... Joke, it came out a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's been out for ages. Um... Also, everyone yeah. heard about it. Uh, yeah, I don't actually disagree what you said about... Like, the thing I like about this the most is that I think it is really well made and really well produced. And it just... The score is great. It looks really nice. I think all the performances are pretty good. It's edited very well. It's very well paced. Um, so actually, based on what you said about it being very consistent. And I I rewatched it a lot of times. And it doesn't really thrill me. But I just... It's a very, like, satisfying kind of clockwork machine mm. to watch like it's just very efficient and i really enjoy that about it i do like the lorry stuff but don't love it but i like it i think i mm, do I like it more than the h2o stuff i don't know um but i really like the ensemble i love judy greer what she's in it i really like the actress playing allison the granddaughter i think she's actually very good in the whole trilogy 
and obviously ends is like more her showcase. But um, yeah, that POV bit, the tracking shot of him just murdering randomly is great. Because uh, that's the thing I really like about this when it first came out was that it, it reset Michael Myers very well into just a he just works on pure yeah. instinct. Like he just enjoys killing. He gets something out of it. I'm not sure what. Maybe now no orgasms. They, but they nailed the physicality of him, um, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I really like the whole. Well, apparently, actually, is a reshoot, but the whole end chunk of like the, it's not a cage, it's a trap thing, and the idea of like how that works and like lulling him in by being like Judy Greer being like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm a weak little woman. Boo hoo! And then Michael, aha! And then she was like, that was an actual reading from like, the script. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh, <woo-hoo. laughs> yeah, that was a we got the actors in um, for that. But yeah, no, I I really like this, but I don't because I've seen a lot of people actually rank it kind of low, even even in this trilogy, because it's sort of it doesn't do much new, I guess. Like kills is maybe not good, but at least tries to be like really brutal and ends is like very different. But I don't know. I just as a childhood Michael Myers fan, as a teenager that grew up with these, I just love seeing like, this like perfectly distilled version of what the movie kind of should be even if it's not, like, that innovative or anything. So, yeah, I don't know. I really yeah. like it, but uh, I don't disagree with your criticism. Like, I, I should say as well, just because I haven't said it, I love the music in this trilogy, especially Halloween Ends. Mm-hmm. I love the Michael and Corey theme. I've been listening to this, like, weird, yeah. sad, haunting version of the theme. Mm. Really good stuff. Like, obviously, John Carpenter doesn't need any more praise than we've probably given him already. Great man, just wants to smoke weed and play no. games. <laughs> I, I, I do... <laughs> this one, like, is, like it's the force awakens of the trilogy where it's like the safe kind of reset mm, mm. playing playing the hits with so i get why people love it and i get why people don't because i'd be a hypocrite because i love the force awakens yeah. and obviously that falls into a lot of the same pitfalls so to me i don't know i suppose it's just, in a movie like that the characters drive it whereas in something like this it's like the horror beats and maybe this isn't as fresh for me uh also sure. i absolutely no, hate great. that this movie gets into motion by podcasters Annoying British podcasters. But they're very quickly yeah. killed, though. So it's what okay. an asshole that man is. Look at your mask, Marco. I don't remember. Because he's in House of the Dragon oh, now. Oh, is he the Lannister like, oh, guy? Fucker. Oh, yeah, that's, that's weird. Think, yeah. As soon as you said that, it I think it's him anyway. Yeah, so um, yeah. <laughs> that Lannister paid his debts and got killed in a dirty bathroom. Mm. So that's fun. So <laughs> we'll move on up. So number five is mm-hmm. the original Halloween 2. Which also, I, we, I, I forgot to say with Resurrections, same director did this and yes. Resurrection? What the hell? Bizarre. His career is very so, weird. Um, but even this, he didn't really direct a lot of this because oh. he was a very bad director at it, seemingly. So John Carpenter's like stealth director. So I, I have this as... Uh, I think I had this I had this six. as number four. I, okay. uh, this was one I found actually really difficult to place because I think it is... Yeah. It's at times a little dull. But I think its mm-hmm. atmosphere is immaculate. I think it's so good yeah, no, for I that. that. And I love that it's a sequel. It's like the same night. This should never have existed. I think we can agree. None of these movies should have really <laughs> ever existed. Except for three, maybe. Just, just like Halloween yeah, on its okay. own is a perfect horror movie, perfect story, which has mm-hmm. an open ending, but not in a sequel bait way, in a, oh, the town's evil way or not town's evil but like evil exists yeah and you can escape it kind of way yeah. uh hospital settings kind of fun there's some some good boobies in this which is a makes it feel a little friday the 13th fish obviously this came before that but i just mean yeah it's that oppressive that this series isn't that gratuitous the rob zombie ones maybe the most no. in terms of like uh what would you say like titillation maybe even i don't know what they're going for <laughs> 
because Rob <laughs> Zombie's movies are so fucking <laughs> dirty looking that they make me feel sick, but in a good way. <laughs> so I, I, I dig this one. Um, it made me really excited to watch on because obviously this was the first one I watched mm. in my marathon. I was like, oh, that was actually quite a good little sequel. Dr. Loomis going crazy, pointing a gun at a cop, shooting a window out, <laughs> blowing up a hospital. He was kind of the Joker in this movie. <laughs> But you know, in the right. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. Like, I as a when I was younger and I first watched all these through, I actually preferred wow. this the original one um, for a few years. Like as a shit as a big fan I'm of hospitals. Idiot. But um, <laughs> yeah, some boobies. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think the atmosphere in this is great. I think this is some of the best use of Myers as like a spooky mm. background person. There's some really great shots of him as like in the background of places or walking places and you can't really see him, but you can kind of see him. Um, the score I really like, despite it being like very much, it's not done by John Carpenter, yeah. I think it's someone else, but it's very synthy. Um, that opening bit when it's mostly in first person of him just going around, like getting a new knife and stuff and just killing yeah. people in houses. is great and really like properly tense and creepy. Um, because when this came out first, it obviously got a huge backlash because it's. I think this came out after the first Friday Thirteenth because that came out and made a lot of money. So, okay, oh, making okay, those right. Halloween I got my sequel. order wrong. Yeah. I think that's what happened because this was nineteen eighty. I want to say right. eighty two or something like that. Um, so that's why more it's boobies. more gratuitous yeah. and booby. Yeah. Um, so it got a lot of backlash at the time, but I do think, given how terrible some of the other sequels in the franchise are, this one is now looked back on quite fondly because it's Carpenter was obviously involved, so there's a lot of quite well shot sequences of chases and stuff um you know i really like this one this also is the the best one for my agent 47 michael myers oh, yeah. crossover stuff there's a lot of there's some strangulations a lot of like hiding behind places and dunking people into like saunas and things so yeah it's good i still it's good don't fun. quite understand why the hospital had a hot tub is is that like a physical no me thing? neither a very so. empty hospital on halloween night that's the other thing. Why is it? That's baffling. That's, in hindsight, the weirdest thing about it. It's like, this, the hospital's entirely empty. Uh, yeah, weird. Like, there are... And, of course, Loomis pronouncing it Sam Oh, Sam Hain. Which, you know, which, you know make us angry. I, I would give him more, I'd give him more freedom, because I think later on, in one of these, they start saying it correctly. But if a, I think in three if Americans correctly, say it yeah. wrong, that's fine. But, you know, Dr. Loomis is a... He is a British person. He probably, like, knows of the Celtic language, unless he just... Sure. Maybe he just hates the Irish. I don't know. <laughs> that there's many possibilities, but I think this is good. I'm. I will say I'm like this is like begins kind of a winning streak for me of watching these films. Oh, well, Halloween one does. Yeah, two, three, four is a good like. Yeah. Uh, three. So I was three pleasantly one, yeah. surprised by. But before we start talking about those, uh, do you have anything else to say about Halloween two before we move on? I think this is the one example where I don't mind that you can kind of see his eyes. I think that because it's the same mask, the first one obviously, but it's, it is like lit slightly differently or something. But I think it's the one time where they can get away with like, because I hate when you can yeah. see his eyes usually, but this one, it just sort of works. But um, yeah, no, this is, even though it's kind of like in the middle for me, that's just because the rest of them I like a lot more. Or I just really like, so it's kind of hard to place this one too. This was kind of hovering around three or four for me for a while, but even though it's like six, I do really, really yeah. like this one. It's very, very so now that we're done with Halloween 2, let's talk about Halloween 2. So we're on to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which is number four on our list. Yeah, I put it five. I had it at five, time, so it's kind of averaged out nicely. See, mm. the list works. The list works. <laughs> uh, this movie is so, so weird. And mm-hmm. it's very it's divisive because I see some people who like say this is their favorite Halloween movie. And maybe 
harp on a bit too strongly about like it's amazing about grief and trauma and this and some people say it's like the most mm-hmm. empathetic film ever made i was like hold your horses i think this, <laughs> I think this is very zombie. good and this shows to me rob zombie's strengths because now that he'd finished his mm-hmm. halloween remake he could do whatever he wanted and this movie starts off like a remake halloween 2 with laurie at the hospital but the difference is that yeah. fast remake is like a perfect little slasher film of its own I think it's done really well. And then it goes to crazy town with Michael Myers' ghost mum and all these... This is is the firewalk of me. It's just sad. (laughs) This is probably, yeah, this is more appropriate for that time. Yeah, I I was mixing them up earlier, but it's like a sad movie triumph uh, with a great ending, Mm -hmm. I think. And Malcolm McDowell, again, as Dr. Loomis has become even scummier. He's great in this. He's so Uh, much fun. Meets Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, yes, I forgot about that until the rewatch. Like, what? Calls him Mr. Weird, which is. I I want a slasher movie starring Mr. Weird. (laughs) This one's difficult to talk about for me because it's like slightly overwhelming collection of imagery at times. This looks Mm. incredible. Like, it's been shot on like different types of film stock that at times dissolve into each other. It starts off with um, the other Deadwood cameo I was talking about is the guy who plays Charlie Udder on Deadwood is playing a, a paramedic and they start making jokes about necrophilia. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, this yes. is a Rob Zombie yes, movie. Yes, yes. Really <laughs> interesting. This one is almost a little hard for me to talk about because there's so much in it. I don't know. What do you mm. think of Halloween 2009? Halloween 2 2009? Because this was the last one. So before 22 came out, this was the last one I saw. I mean, that makes sense. That was the last one that came out. But I didn't see it for years after it came out. Like I think I probably watched it in like 20... 15 2016 and i found it a real chore to sit through and then everyone started like rephrasing it more recently and I, okay i'll give it another shot and i really did like it this time i think kind of the inverse what you said about ends where you could probably just throw on ends and having not rewatched the other ones and get more out of it this one i think you do have to watch the rob zombie one first because you need i don't think it works yeah. standalone um but yeah like stuff like brad deriff oh my god like he's just for a man that's like best known for just like a foul mouthed toy it's incredible how much empathy and just like sadness you can feel for him um but uh yeah no i i agree with you that like some people definitely overhype this one and i think there's still a lot of like very typical rob zombie scummy stuff in there and it's still got some very typical booby kills and whatnot but when it does go for the moments of sadness and empathy and just like psychic destruction from trauma like it's very well done and i think that's why I put ends so low because I put ends initially mm. very low, and then I watched this like the day after for the first time in years, and really loved this and thought this is like the more successful version of what ends was kind mm. of gesturing at. But then the more I think about ends, I'm like, no, I think ends did it pretty well too. But I think they're also approaching it from like slightly different angles, I guess. Like this is very personal, like it's very low, it's very low level, and it's like it's sent in, like three or four people, whereas ends tries to be this like grand operatic kind of town trauma and all that nonsense which i don't think works very well but this one because it's so focused on just like laurie and annie and brad Riff and stuff it just works great i don't know that i love the michael seeing the ghost mom and horse stuff super much i think it's it's a little it's bit too, too weird the, 13th, the ghost mom like sort of it just it, it doesn't feel like tonally in a, in a series that has had druidic, druidic cults and like psychic children and whatnot, this that just feels a little bit too far. Like it's just a slightly too abstract, and I also just have this slight aversion to seeing like any kind of interiority to Michael. Like I just because that's kind of his POV, and I don't don't love that. But 
I don't mind then at the end the way it kind of coalesces around Laurie and she sees it too. I'm like, okay, now it's just a weird heightened, slightly yeah. supernatural, but maybe just traumatic thing. And it's I yeah, like the ambiguity of that. The white but, uh, horse, of course, is very Twin Peaks, like literally. Does this open with yeah, a quote from Jung definitely. or someone or Nietzsche or? Because um, the first one starts with a quote from yes. Loomis, which is funny. And then I think this one, yeah, it's it's either Young or something, or it's like an entirely made up philosopher, or like it's like the Book of Evil or something. Book of evil. Like that, I think I can't remember. Because um, this one, obviously, the director's cut. This one does change things a little bit in that I don't think I've ever seen the non-director's cut because it's really hard to find it now. But I think at the end, I think at the end, Laurie gets shot. I think she puts the mask on, like tries to attack someone in the shed, or she tries to attack Loomis, maybe. And gets shot dead, so this one she gets just arrested. I think I saw the, but like, the original yeah. cut. I think that's what they have on Netflix. Oh, really? That's not in it. No, I watched it on Netflix. That's not what uh, I saw. Or was I drunk? <laughs> Are both cuts? <laughs> no, because this one ends with Laurie putting the mask on and going outside and getting arrested, and then like it's her in the hospital just like yes. smiling at the camera. But she gets fully like shot dead in the. Oh, sorry, book. sorry, I, I, I misunderstood the hospital you. Bit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's sort of complicated because it's a, it's not that much of a change, but enough. Well, change. the main like, character the dying scene, or not is a like huge her... change. Yeah. <laughs> but just like in terms of how it's depicted, because like it's I don't know. Yeah. And then I think also the non-director's cut shows a lot more of her, um, being happy, which yeah. <laughs> Rob's always like, no, 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 no. So the new cut's a lot more her, just like her and Annie like not getting on super well, like fighting a lot more, and yeah. So it's just just grimmer and sadder. Grimmer and sadder. Yeah. Really interesting film. Like. So mm-hmm. I think we'll get into our top three now. So number three is Halloween four, which is of course that's fair. I added fifth, I think. Return of my really that one. It was my first one. I think talked about. now from here on my rankings will obviously fall into place. But I had this number two. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, I oh, had to wow, go okay. with my heart because I think this is it's this a good is one. really good, and I'm surprised it's not spoken about more. Just like. A great Halloween sequel with Michael Myers doing just some new things. I think when it does the mob stuff, it does it a lot better than Kills with just a... Yeah, less of it. <laughs> it's just a bit more impactful. They accidentally shoot a guy and... Mm. By by having less is more, you know? Uh, yeah, the, the I agree finale at the house is great. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this one I was, I was just shocked by because obviously this is the third great retcon of people surviving that explosion at the end of two <laughs> but i think something really cool by accident of having three be like a separate story is it actually made you wait for michael myers mm. actually said ah take a breather and it's really fun yeah. so three is just like a weird side story we'll talk about uh, very soon uh yeah though this one i almost have like the more i like these films the less i have to say in a weird way I, I like this. Yeah, it introduces yeah. new characters who, you know, lead on into more sequels. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of new things to say about this. No, this was really solid. Like, I know this had a reputation for being, like, one of the... Well, I thought it had a reputation for one of the worst ones, but I don't really understand how that could be the case because there's, there's much worse ones than this. Uh, but yeah, I think this and 2 are both shockingly solid sequels to the original that just work and despite not having like direct carpenter invention uh intervention are just legitimately creepy like this one the opening i think half an hour or so properly like tense and unnerving and 
I love the opening, like the non-opening titles, where it's these shots of like autumnal scenes with just creepy music and yeah. a breeze over them. Like it, it feels wrong to have the pumpkin and stuff, but it's like no, this is really good though. And I think the his hospital escape isn't half bad. I love Jamie seeing him in her room and stuff, even though it's a dream sequence, but it's really properly creepy. Yeah. Um, this. And of course, the ending, which you love, and I also love. This was like a, record. A, it starts off like a ghost movie. He's like a ghost more than anything. Just yeah. His presence showing up. No, very solid. Just a funny note: the director Dwight H. Little, which is a funny name. Also directed funny Free Willy Two: The Adventure Home, Marked for ah. Death, which is a, uh-huh. a pretty good Steven Seagal movie, and most weirdly of all, right. the Tekken movie, which I'm a fan of. I actually oh. do like that Tekken movie, as far as his. I haven't it's seen it. It's a good it. time. Um, I don't know if you've got any connection to Tekken as a series. Kind of, yeah. I have like a nostalgia enjoyment of it. I watched that animated Netflix show oh, recently. It's got a step above good, me. But, uh... If it's, li- if it's live <laughs> it action, I'll there. watch it. If it's animated, I don't know. I just don't care so much. Yeah, no, it's a bit dull. Don't watch it. But um, but yes, Halloween 4. What else? Uh, I think this is also the few, the one sole example where I'll say that using a different mask is okay. It's contextual. the mask here is so blank, it works is quite this well. Is where he... Because the five and six is ones I don't one like. Where he, he takes a mask from a Halloween shop selling masks of him. Yeah, I think that's yeah. great. I think that's really funny yeah. and clever. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's pretty clever, but also it, just, it looks okay. Because I think the one in five looks yeah. terrible, and the one in six doesn't look good, and H2O, it's just, it also looks weird. But yeah, this one, it's it's not the William Shatner design. It's just this like, perfectly flat white face. As but it, it, as it, it works, goes on, Halloween good. 5 looks like they just sculpted William Shatner now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> Added some, yeah, some fat rolls. Um, and also has that great sequence of Loomis finding Michael Myers in like, the diner. And then you get that shot of Donald Pleasance hobbling away from an exploding gas station. He's which pretty is much very Steven good. Seagal, so I see where the, the crossover for the director was. <laughs> so, yeah, I love this film. I think it's great. So it's great. No, it's we got we got to start wrapping up because we've gone on so long. And now we're in like the top two, which both films we both really like. So, of course... Predictably enough, I'd love I'd love it if we could buck the trend, but it's got to be number two, Halloween three, uh, uh, number three, uh, number two, Halloween three, season of the witch, which I had as number three, so really close. And uh, I had as number two, so that's perfect. That's another like kind of perfect averaging mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a mathematician because that's not what averages <laughs> really work us, but <laughs> close enough. But it's just great that this movie is completely different. Uh, most things that. Are good about this film have been you know repeated a lot mm-hmm. um it's great that this this doesn't need to be in the series at all this could be its own no. cult favorite but for what it is just a great little slice of anti-irish sentiment <laughs> which i say in a very a very happy <laughs> way uh, but also just, like anti-capitalist i think as well anti-capitalist uh from the director of the it tv film oh yeah okay. i learned that right there as i was talking who has the same birthday as me oh it's funny yeah. Tommy lee wallace who did fright night part two as well no i've never seen them but yeah this is this one is about a company making evil masks using stonehenge magic to murder all the children in america which i think is just a, it's a good plan I'm, gonna, I'm convinced my mic is turned off. Uh, I can hear you. Um, or is it recording? Can you? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, let me do You can cut all this out. I just want to quickly just make sure. Oh, no, I don't edit. <laughs> I'll just put the silver shamrock theme over this bit. That's it. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Microphone, headset. That's fine. Okay, no, it's good. Um, 
yeah, no, this one, despite being ostensibly unrelated and like completely irrelevant to the rest of them, I actually do think it still fits though, because yeah. um, after ends, I did like, seeing end like that's that's the most uh, divorced from this franchise that exists is that one, like even more so than Halloween three. Because Halloween three, like it's still ultimately about a lot of creepy robot men that walk around the way Michael Myers does, hiding in shadows and strangling women in hospitals. So I was like, no, this is yeah, this is appropriate and like part of it. And a very different type of uh, scares in this, like mm. rather than violence, it's like a child's head explodes into bugs and the snake. Just like very out there. I wish all franchises got to do like one for us. It's yeah. like, <laughs> do whatever the hell you want. Uh, not Buster Rhymes, but... No, but you know, skull we we'll have to experiment to find out where the limits are. <laughs> yeah, uh, this of course I think the most shocking thing is, is, a, uh, is Tom Adkins, right? Yeah, uh, lead actor. I keep almost calling him Scott Adkins, who's the, the young martial artist. Uh, has a disgusting sex scene with a much younger woman. <laughs> Scarier than anything in the rest of the franchise, probably. But I like that he's just like a horrendous drunk doctor. He's a massive asshole. Like his wife, he's been like, "Your kids are here. When are you going back to your kids?" Like, no, I'm busy on a conference. And he goes back to like bunking that woman and investigating yeah. mass-related child murder. Uh, I love the ending to this too. I think this is one of the That's best great. endings. It's so good, yeah. Haunting in mm-hmm. a way, you know, because it's like weird and goofy, but the end is genuinely haunting, which makes this probably the most fitting. It's in a good trilogy. Yeah. Uh, but it, um, well, everyone knows what number one is now, uh, but this and Halloween four and two, uh, the Rob Zombie one, all have the best endings. That's true. Uh, I th- I mostly think it, horror ones involving bad things happening to children. Yeah, and I think in horror movies, like the ending is so important. It's mm. what you go out on, and they all leave you kind of haunted and sad and scared. Yeah, this is really great. I only had four above it because I think, like for me, like the first part of the franchise, my, more so my like favorite two, Myers, like yeah, such they're the best examples of Michael Myers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this I, I love, and this is something, obviously, you don't need to wait to do a series rewatch to ever put this on. <laughs> it's just a, a great Halloween movie. It is. Because um, I know for a long time, this was like the most laughed at entry, just because I guess in concept, yeah, you have like the whole Stonehenge, putting bits of, stealing a chunk of Stonehenge, and putting bits of it in masks. Masks that are like advertised on TV, and are so popular that TV kids will like get around TV to see the ad for masks. Yeah. Like it is, it, there's a lot of stupid shit in there, but which makes yeah, like, it atmospherically oh, it's really good it is and it makes a weirdly good double bill with troll 2 for like stonehenge related <laughs> plots against <laughs> people seen troll 2. oh troll 2 is good it's it's a fun time uh yeah. and of yeah. course dan o'harely from robocop is in this um, oh uh, robocop the... twin peaks oh he's in twin peaks yeah, yeah um his death's a bit weird that's i think one of the things that is bad about this is like once it starts running towards the conclusion it kind of speeds through a lot of stuff and remember like Stonehenge starts exploding and he turns into like a diamond man and then it just like fades out into light and you're like oh what happened there yeah uh, but no there's a lot of fun stuff in this uh but we yeah. get straight to the good stuff after that him running around trying to get kids to not watch it trying to get them to pull the ad <laughs> oh so good I, I almost want to this is one I could sit down and watch now I'm in that mm. right vibe I, I, I want to again for Halloween yeah that's good it's good which brings us to number one which of course is John Carpenter's original Halloween. Which I feel I like we might as well just like end the podcast. Like, what? There's nothing to say about it. Like, there's academic text written on this. It's a masterclass in everything to do with the genre that it bursts. Yeah, like. and we we already talked about it up up at the top. Um, if someone has listened to this whole podcast and not seen this, what the fuck? 
<laughs> fix I don't want to say don't watch it though, because I think cause the first time I watched this, um, after seeing Halloween four, I actually found this sort of weirdly anticlimactic or like disappointing in that it because it's it's the like patient zero for so many horror tropes and something like slasher stuff and like even like specific yeah. shots and stuff. It, it, it was very predictable to watch. Like the first the, on the first one, I was like, oh, I can see where like everything's going to happen because I've seen this emulated so many times. It kind of took me a few years to like appreciate it and like really enjoy it for what it is, which is this like almost like Lovecraftian thing of just this scary thing that's entered your town and is just walking around randomly killing things and you can't kill it and you can't yeah. stop it and it's hiding in your washing line and just yeah, just good. Yeah, I think I think two is like a slightly stronger atmospheric thing for like a modern audience to watch, but I do think this is obviously a very important film and a film I love. But I yeah. just I think it's hard to recommend it to like new people now. Because <laughs> nothing think, happens in the middle hour. <laughs> yeah, I think it is about like how much all horror movies are kind of about how much you let them affect you in a mm. way. So go on with your guard down, because that's what I did. I thought it was a straight slasher movie, and then so the ending knocked oh, the wind out of my sails when I realised it was a lot more under the hood. And yeah, I love this movie. This is still my favourite John Carpenter movie. Yeah, I love sure. I love the thing as well, but this is always be this scares me more because there's mm. less. And yeah, there's almost no point talking about it. Obviously, it originates one of the greatest musical themes ever. Uh, not just in film, probably ever. I, I listened to it this time of year just on my own. Yeah. That sounds weird, but I mean, on my <laughs> no, headset. You're amongst friends. <laughs> I look out my favorite window and I think about killing my sister. I don't have a sister, so I can say that. <laughs> or a window. Yeah. Well, um, oh, that, that, that got too close to home. <laughs> yeah. So that we've ranked all 13 Halloween movies mm-hmm. in using my incredibly complicated system. I think but... it worked quite well. And I also feel like I was expecting there to be much more difference in our overall rank, which I guess there was kind of, but I don't know. I think the thing is we had differences, but we weren't like, we were never really at odds with them. I think we understood no. where you're coming from. There was no like, if I put like Halloween Resurrection number two, I think that's when it's like, I don't want to record anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think 2018 is probably the biggest sticking point for the two of us. Like you probably. put that much, much, low, much lower than me, but like even then, I understand why. And I still think it's quite good, so I'm yeah. not, I'm not so against it. So that that brings us to a wrap. I think we've talked long enough about a film franchise that never needed a single sequel. <laughs> um, no, we don't need to do plugs or wraps or anything. This is going to go on Halloween Day, so I just hope everyone has a, a very happy Halloween or yes. a very scary one. Get drunk. Wear a mask. Have fun. Anything to Sounds add? Sounds a bit kinky, but yes, that's. that's oh, yeah, I actually. agree with that. <laughs> but if you want to be kinky, have a kinky Halloween. You know. Have a ki- there. That's a good time. Have a kinky <laughs> Halloween. Have a kinky <laughs> Halloween. Well, let's end on that. All right. What bye, everyone. Bye.